So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Okay, let's go into the night, uh, yes. the night's topic. But before right. we do, I Free have style. to ask you, Julian and Daniel, why have you betrayed coffee? I haven't betrayed coffee. No, why have you well, betrayed coffee? Not it drink. is eight twenty-five in the evening. Decaf? What? Okay, that is a betrayal, Jesse. <laughs> that is the semantics. fact that I'm simply drinking a cup of tea at eight twenty-five is not a betrayal. Decaf is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that is a slapping coffee's face, Jesse. That is, I'm right. telling that you, is a, I've switched full over to decaf, and I'm actually enjoying it. That is a log it. spec question here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Jesse. No, I uh, I'm drinking matcha. I still still got my caffeine. Oh, you're not even trying to dodge the caffeine bullet. No, matcha. no, no, no. I go straight in, mm. straight in. Got a little. Really? This is really good. It's tasty. Nice. Speaking tasty. of really good, what is our topic for tonight, Julian? You had some thoughts about what you wanted to cover, and of course, we are all in because it's a good, interesting topic that has come up. Maybe more questions than thoughts. So mm-hmm. now you know the. The COVID lockdown hath come to the West Coast with its fury again. Um, And because of that, we were kind of moving back into, well, close to phase one. Would you say we're back into phase one? Is that fair? I don't even know. Basically, things kind of shut back down. Right on the doorstep, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So in Washington, we're, we're moving back to phase one. Phase one for us is basically... You have to stay in your house. Uh, You can only commune with your family. If you want to hang out with people outside of your family, you can do it in the outdoors. Um, Up to five families. Um, And if someone wants to visit you from outside of your family, uh, they have to quarantine for 14 days before they do it. Make sure they're good. Or quarantine for seven days and then uh, come up negative on the old COVID test. So, I mean, that's pretty locked down. Um, uh, but, you know, the, what I wanted to chat about, though, is because one of the things I think last Sunday, while we were all doing whatever we were doing, not this past Sunday, but the, a week from, um, anxiously awaiting to hear what would happen uh, as it concerned, you know, Sunday worship with, uh, with, the new, um, with the new restrictions and to see if there was any change. I think, first off, we all kind of just imagine that that there probably wouldn't be any changes or that it would be super minimal. Um, and I mean, as soon as as uh, like worship service where I was at wrapped, uh, somebody came up to me with their cell phone and they said two things, very important. I was like, cool, what is it? And he, he flipped his phone around and he said, first, here's a picture of the shelves at Walmart. They're getting cleaned. I gotta go. And I was like, cool. And he, he turns around and walks off and you, you actually know, both of you know him. And, uh, and I said, wait, what's the second one? He goes, oh, the, the governor did the speech. We got to go figure out what it is. So, um, so, so, so our governor, he, uh, he, he proclaimed some restrictions specific to, uh, to church worship. And, uh, I think for the most part, they were all the same. Um, With one big exception. One big exception being uh, that he said, 
you, we were no longer able to sing. Um, I've got it pulled up here. I can read it. Yeah, you want, you want to read it? I had it up. Too. It just says, Congregation members, attendees, must wear facial coverings at all times, and congregation singing is prohibited. No choir, band, or ensemble shall perform during the service. Vocal or instrumental soloists are permitted to perform, and vocal soloists may have a single accompaniment. Outdoor services must follow the outdoor dining guidance. So, basically, yeah. No singing. No singing for us. So, first, maybe we should just get everybody's reaction, because the... I think some people didn't read it. I'm mean, gonna be flat out with you. I've I've talked to people who told me what they thought happened, and they they definitely didn't read this document. <laughs> they, read, yeah. they, they read something, I think, but it wasn't this one. They may have written their own with crayons, and then uh, and then said, "Here's what crayons. I think it says." <laughs> Listen, I I've heard some stuff, and I'm like that. that okay, uh, but I, I so I'll tell you my first reaction, which was whoa that seems intense what do you do with that like that's my first reaction what do we do with that yeah do you do it or is it time to stand up for what you believe in and go against the orders if that's what you believe in if that's what you believe in yeah yeah i had someone come up to me um on sunday and they said um just came straight up to me and was just like okay look they just issued orders there's no singing so we got to figure out how we're going to like, um, you know, do the, are we going to, you know, cut away from this live stream and then still sing? Or what are we going to do with the live stream? You know, trying to figure out basically assuming that we were just going to sing anyways, um, no matter what. And so it kind of got my wheels turning early because then I'm like, oh man, we got to kind of figure out the practical execution of how to like run a worship here, <laughs> but what's the right way to do it? I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. There's many different opinions and thoughts in the congregation. And so we just wanted to talk about some of them and figure out kind of how, how to navigate these things that throw us a curveball. This is so interesting because as I even think about the conversation we're about to have, this feels like a four-part series. Um, <laughs> oh boy! There's because I think there's so many different ways this could go. There is the, well, what is worship to begin with, and and what is God really looking for on any day, um, and or Sunday, and then there is, um, well, I I think that's that's just one vein, and there's the whole like. Like you said, Jesse, what do we do with government ordinances? What do we do with those? Um, and then there's the, uh, well, maybe just two. Maybe just two. I had a good third one. It probably where I would have diverged into something else and completely not related. <laughs> uh, your turn, Daniel. It, it would have gone I'm back talking. to cycling. It, of course. Or hunting. Or coffee. Yes. Daniel, have you heard of anything interesting pop up around this where you were attending or visiting or anything like that? Um, It's more of the kind of the emotional response to the governor's mandate. Um, I've heard people kind of um, maybe sort of overstate his intent. 
um, <laughs> in issuing this. Um, I'll just, right off the bat, I'll say I think the governor of Washington, Jay Inslee, has done a really, really good job of trying to manage a state in the middle of a pandemic, right? I mean, I think that he's doing the very best he can with the information he's got, and um, I respect the work, the the difficult decisions that have had to be made. Um, at the same time, his concerns are not entirely representative of the concerns of Christians seeking to worship together in the way we understand worship together to be. Um, you know, when the, the governor's main concern is making sure that hospitals don't get overrun, that's an important concern to us as well, but it's not the only concern. Um, and so what we have to do is we have to, uh, you know, balance the interests we have. And really what I see is sort of that tension that exists between the two greatest commands, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what happens when something like this comes along where, um, you know, how do, how do we balance those interests? Um, and so I think, I think to me, it's interesting to see, I never really thought about that before, that there, that there is a bit of a tension between those two commands in a situation like this. Um, and so that's been kind of really interesting for me to think about today, is just kind of like, how does that play out, right? Um, yeah. So that, that might be a whole other, other There's episode. The There's the third one. There's the third, and I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, that is a good point. Good. Yeah, that's a good point, Daniel, to bring it up, those those two commands, how they can kind of step on each other. And just to be like, I guess, paint the picture as clear as possible. I mean, obviously, there's kind of two two big camps that broke down, and that, I think, goes to your point, Daniel, of the two commandments. Um, and, and we're not trying to talk specifically about just, like, Washington State. So if you're not in Washington State, like, this is just right. gen- generic, like government says something you don't like what they say how do you evaluate and decide what to do when it impacts your worship um and so some people were obviously very adamant that um you know that singing is a required part of a a sunday worship and so it has to be done no matter what period so we're going to sing indoors no matter what the you know law of the land is or the governor and that's a side, sidebar issue is like a lot of people say that the governor doesn't have the right to make the law so it's not valid and try and find some kind of, you know, a way around or just a way to make that invalid argument. But I don't know that we want to go down those rabbit holes. Um, Let's not. Yeah, we're just going to stick to the... We're part just, five. Yeah, right. Part five. So, so basically, long story short, um, you know, do we, do we sing or do we just go to like uh, a live stream only and not have church again and then we can all sing from our homes or do we worship like on a a normal Sunday where we can still be in attendance but just drop the songs Um, and it kind of seemed like it was painted in a real black or white kind of a way where it was Mm -hmm. like either we're all not going to sing on Sunday morning worship together and be in violation and be sinning or we're going to um, sing and basically you know fly in the face of the government and those are the two camps essentially that were drawn, but it's it's interesting the nuance um, because you know I think 
it's it's hard to see like all the variables between there that you mm-hmm. can weave and connect because um, it's so emotionally charged like you said daniel that you kind of like oh, oh i have to take a battle line draw it and i'm ready to fight and you know it's like step back i think there's a way to thread the needle or at least like let's consider it before we um just jump straight in so I think that's kind of where we're going to go here in a, in a minute. But I've talked forever, so Julian, I'll let you uh, take a turn here. No, I thought that was good. Um, Absolutely. And, and I agree. I think that that's where everybody was because some of the reason why I think we have an emotional reaction is because someone messing with our worship to God is emotional, right? It's oh, yeah. where it's, it, it's not to this level, but maybe it's kind of where Peter is in the garden. You see, I'm going to take it a place where I'm later going to come back and say, this isn't it, but let me just use this example. Now, you know, this is Peter in the garden and they're taking Jesus and he whips his sword out. He's like, Mm-mm. right. And Jesus says, not like that, Peter, not like that. Right. And I think anytime, anytime I personally hear someone make a comment about Jesus about the Bible, about God, even the Holy Spirit, even though I do not give him credit as I should, um, I get tense, right? And I feel like it's time to whip my sword out because you just, I feel like if there's one place where I should go overboard and and lay it all out there, this is it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that at the moment that you hear something like that, I, I too became a little emotionally charged to say, you can't do that. Like nobody has the right to, to tell me that because this is the way of honoring God. Like you, you can't do that. Um, but there, there's, there's such wisdom even in the word of God, um, that I think oftentimes just the reminder as we're told to be quick to hear slow to speak, slow to wrath, or I know some the modern versions even say slow to react. It's good. Like we have that time sometimes to just tap the brakes and maybe not overreact and hear it all the way out and just start thinking through possible solutions. And that doesn't mean that we're like weak or we're like a lame duck Christian. It just means that we want to consider what's being said and consider all options before we make a move. Because sometimes the move that you make is really hard to pull back from, which is why that passage, you know, uh, slow to speak, quick to listen, slow Mm -hmm. to wrath. Like that's why that's, and even though I said that reverse, that's one reason why it's so important because it helps us kind of, maintain sober-mindedness, get ourselves together, collect, and then think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, that's a good point, to, to, to take that time, because uh, this is the, the best way for Satan to get a wedge in, in the church here, is to just get people riled, riled up, not quite thinking clearly, forgetting about all the unity and, um, you know, the patience and love, like uh, the verse you just read, Julian, like, forget about that and just take us take a position and if someone doesn't agree with you then they must not be um as diligent of a christian because they're willing to cave in or in a split second you know if if they're not on your side essentially um 
And it is kind of interesting because uh, in my entire life, I've always like put, tried to try to put myself in the early Christian shoes who were being persecuted. Um, I mean, sandals. I'm trying to keep it appropriate to the age. Um, so if, yeah, if I'm in their sandals, um, high tops, <laughs> not the Converse high tops. Um, you know, like what would it have been like to have been trying to worship in secret, right? And people are being killed, and it would have been a very scary time and a very challenging time for sure. And, um, and I kind of, okay, this is, this might sound weird to say, but maybe other people have the same thing, but I kind of secretly in the back of my mind, wish I could try it yeah, and see like what, how I would do and what I measure up and would I be one of the people that stood for it or would I be, would I cave? Like I kind of wanted to test myself, you know, in my imagination. I'm sure the second I got in there, I'd be done, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, but I kind of, you know, I kind of want it, like bring on the fight. Like I want to see what, you know, if, if I can do what I think I can do here. Um, so when an opportunity like this does come along, it's almost like, you know, like, whoa, all right, let's do this. You know, it's like, it's like if you buy a gun to go hunting and you have, you've never gotten to hunt and finally, you know, you get a chance to go out there and, and a duck flies by and like, this is what I've been waiting for. Let's try this out. Um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so... I mean, maybe it's well, okay, a bad since, analogy. But since Jesse said the P word, what duck? Um, duck? It's a D. D. No, no, no. I'm just Gun? let's let's G. just start. Let's start here. Is this persecution of Christians? The answer is no. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I thought we were gonna dance around. Wow, you went hour. right to the point. Right. Well, just Jesse brought podcast, it up, and bro. I didn't even want to go there just because this it. is so not persecution. All right, to well, make now, that argument is to miss the point entirely. Okay. Let's let's start let's, swinging. Then. Let's go because <laughs> well, I feel like look, I'm being persecuted if um, I'm told I can't worship. Look, I set it up by saying uh, I'm going to say it's like this, but I'm going to take it back with the sword. Because I would agree. I don't think that's what this is. Now, look, I respect a lot of people out there who are saying that's it, that is what this is. Because they do feel like that's what they feel like the governor's laying down laws that are persecuting us and we're being oppressed and, 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 and we're blind if we don't recognize it. But I want to go back to what you were saying. I, I cut you off, Daniel. But no, 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 I sorry. Do I do agree. That this is not persecution of Christians. Right. Oh, I agree too. I mean, us being facetious before when I said I didn't agree. Just making sure some people might not know me well enough to, to read that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And okay, so let's just say that. Why 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 is it not persecution? Because I mean, there's gonna be people that don't agree with us, and I mean, leave your comments definitely if you're listening to this on some platform for as sure. to why. But um, but yeah, why why is this not persecution if um the if we're being told we can't worship? Well, then it's also persecution of Muslims and persecution of Jews and persecution of anybody who has congregational singing in their worship services. It's Okay, let's pretend like that is persecution for all those religious groups. Well, then that's not what the Bible talks about when it talks about being persecuted for his name's sake. <laughs> I mean, we have a definitional issue here that we simply can't get around. Um and it's not because we're worshiping in this way that he's made this proclamation. I mean, it's not a back door to get at religious people. There's a demonstrated connection between singing together 
and transmission of COVID. I mean, it's that's a fact. There's no denying the fact that transmission increases when groups of people sing together. Um, and that's his interest, is, make, is making sure hospitals have enough room in their buildings for sick people. Um, but yeah. to, and, and I think, I think it's really dangerous to cast this in terms of persecution, because what I think that does is it makes us forget what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to be a light to the world. We're a, a chosen people, a royal priesthood to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Mm-hmm. We do not do that when we cry about, oh, how woe is me, how, like, the big bad governor is coming to get me. That's not being a light. <laughs> At least I don't see it that way. Yeah. What is being a light is when we love God and when we love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. So are we demonstrating love in the way that we respond to this proclamation? I think that's the important question we need to ask, is are we showing love? And now the question becomes, how do we do that? How do we both love God because we do. I don't question either of you guys the love that you have for the Lord. How do we do that and love our neighbors as ourselves? And I think both of you guys do that. I have no doubt that you have love for your neighbors. How do we do that when there's that tension? right? How do we do that when it means we're either going to potentially um, increase the risk of a very virulent uh, communicable disease, or violate the law of the land, right? So now we've got this, now we've got to approach it. And I think when we when we couch it in terms of love rather than persecution, love gives us some answers that persecution simply does not give. Hmm. Um, love gives us a way through this that that simply swinging over to persecution and going into like a defensive mindset I think that's what it feels like to me anyway when we when we start calling this persecution it was we're going defensive um I don't think that's the way to let our light shine I think we're then putting it under a basket um that's how I see it yeah um I think I'd add on to that too the it, I I think this is why I said that we should we should be okay with spending a little bit of time before we make decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you just said actually really, really uh, brings this point home because y- you need to really consider um, all the angles. Like you need to consider all of the possible outcomes of whatever decision that you choose to make it, it to the best of your ability, right? But it also requires like time and energy to do that, right? I would say, um, and hopefully somebody puts something in the comments and they go, no, that's not what he said. But I would even say, based on what the governor said, that the way it could be read right off the bat was, I have outlawed all singing. And that's really not what he said. He said, 
you can't sing inside of these four walls congregationally, right? And, and because of that, that technically didn't take away um, our ability to sing on Sunday. It, it didn't take away our ability to sing together on Sunday. In this day and time, we have just right under, right under an infinity number of ways to still sing together. And if Sunday's on Sunday together without being inside four walls, we've, like the whole U.S. has been doing it, right? We have other options. And 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 so there, it's very possible to fulfill both. You know, when everybody picked up Romans 13, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. I'm reading it. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Right? And everybody, you know, they pull that up. But at the same time that you pull that up, it's like, okay. But if we stop and we think, and I mean, we really do have to want this, right? And I'm going to get to another point in a minute about love, because I think this is where this ties in. Um we have to start thinking about how we could serve both. And I love this tension thing because I wasn't thinking about this, but this is exactly what's happening. How can I serve God? How can I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind and love my neighbor as myself? And and I, I, I don't think there's it's an either or and God's saying, we'll do one of the two, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's not saying to the Good Samaritan, like either you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind or you love your neighbor as yourself and help this guy up. There's a way to do both. And and that's difficult. And there may I, I think the problem is it may make us not be able to do something in the way that we want to do it traditionally yes. that we've always done. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is that's probably more deeply rooted in in words that have been written by people long ago that weren't writing in the Bible, but they were writing constitutional rights for our country, right? And mm-hmm. and I think we may be reading those instead of referring back to what Jesus said, right? We may be looking at the First Amendment and saying, I think if I look at this, it means that you can't alter anything I do. You don't have the right. Well, whether we have the right by some government standard or not, because our government may not even be here in a thousand years or 20 years or 30, we don't know. God's word is still going to be there which to your point, Daniel, still says that we need to figure out how to do both, how to love the Lord, our God, with our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as ourself. We have to figure, and it, it may be tough and difficult, and we may get it wrong, but we really have to give everything we have to, to try to do both. Because yeah, there are several options, right? So you could, um, uh, if you can't sing between the four walls congregationally in this example, you could um, just sing with your family at home, you know, like church is over, um, but each family, you know, they sing your own songs together and worship together that way. And then you've, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you would have fulfilled that. Um, or you could like set up a, a, you know, a Zoom session, you know, afterwards, people log in, you can sing together once you get home. Um, like later in the day, you have like a little bit of singing together um, congregationally that way. Or, um, or you go outside, move the whole church outside and sing in the parking lot together. Um, so that is another option, right? And that's what we ended up deciding to do. So it's like, okay, 
after the end, we had announcements, and then we all walked outside and sang three songs together, and then dismissed, and that was it. It actually was kind of cool, because when we were outside, like, our neighbors were, like, checking out what's going on over there. And, like, they were. <laughs> we were making some noise, right? Because you got a whole bunch of people singing, and there's neighborhoods next door, and... Um, and it was kind of crazy. Like, Julian, your son was super pumped to sing outside. He was, like, excited out of his mind about singing outside, wasn't he? Just waiting for a whole day on this. Yeah. legit talking about it for 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, the kids are going to remember, like, the, the couple of weeks the church sang outside probably forever. Um, like, things happen that we don't even anticipate. And um, so when you really start dissecting it, like, there's there are a ton of options but I think our American upbringing really kind of like makes us have this pair of goggles on that. I mean, I, we all have it. And, and that is like we protect our rights. Like we're so built on like our independence and, and uh, protecting our rights. And so immediately we jump to that. Like our, our rights are threatened. We're going to protect them instead of um, in this way. Like, OK, is there a way to because uh, the loving God, as you mentioned already several times now, Daniel, is um Loving God is obviously the most important thing. And God has a lot to say about being in subjection to government and authorities. And, um, you know, to a point where it makes me uncomfortable, like that the Bible says how much we're supposed to subject ourselves to authority and government. Um, (laughs) If I'm being perfectly honest, it's kind of crazy an amount of like, does he really mean all governments? Or like, I mean, there's so many questions I have really like, but at the end of the day, like, I think that is what he meant. And that's what he said. Um, so if we are going to ob- love God, we're going to obey him first. And then we're going to do whatever awkward, weird thing is that's out of our cultural norm to still, like, love our neighbor and love God. And as much as he has to say about obeying the government, he has a hundred times more to say about looking out for the most vulnerable about putting others first yeah about not insisting the first corinthians thirteen five. love does not insist on its own way but seeks the good of others um he's got so much more to say about not being selfish and demanding of our way or the highway um and so i really think that we 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 need to really think about what it means to love the Lord our God and to love our neighbor as ourselves because that's tr- I've, I've tried to let that kind of guide my thinking throughout the whole of like the shutdown period right when we when we when we couldn't gather together at all um, and what that meant for what that meant in terms of you know being a church what that meant in terms of worshiping God like you were talking mm-hmm. about earlier Julian the the many conversations where it sounds like we're going to have on this subject. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's all part and parcel of being conformed to the image of Christ, right? That is what we are supposed to be all about. And so, um, you know, I think Jesus has a lot to say on this subject. Um, we just need to to have our eyes open and ready and, and willing to let his word lead us rather than our comfort or what we're used to or what we think um, proper worship is. 
when we see all kinds of examples of proper worship in Scripture that don't look a thing like what we do on Sundays. Um, so I, I think just just be like like you guys were saying, being open to um, some different ideas that aren't necessarily that aren't wrong ideas; they're just different. Um, but being open to that for a short time, I think, could help us ultimately understand God a little better. Yeah, and that's that's the one cool thing that did come out of this is that, um, you know, it forced us as a, as a church, a collective church, to kind of put our heads together. Um, you know, we had a meeting about it, and we talked about it, and um, you know, a lot of different opinions. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it was really cool to see, at least for us, um, everyone listened to each other, everyone was respectful of each other, and, and, and at the end of the day, we found a way to be able to thread the needle in a way that wasn't like a compromising threading the needle. It was fully loving your neighbor and fully loving God, because you were still keeping your commandments to the best of how we knew to do. Yeah. I, yeah. I like how you said, uh, both of you kind of said this, that um, this this was the opportunity to know God better. I, because I think maybe, back to the traditional aspect, it may be hard. Like, it, it may have even felt like, you know, we just compromise, we're just compromising for the governor here. But to your point, Daniel, we're not, it's not for the governor. This, this worship that all of us want to provide like this is for God. This is not, this is not for us. Mm-hmm. And, and that is another place personally where I think because I can kind of get into this place where I think about what I think that God wants or how I feel about it. Therefore God must feel that way. Like I really love this song. God must love it too. I loved uh, this prayer was amazing. God, God must be as moved as I am. This worship is for Him, and it, if it, it, when it starts to bother us because we feel like that we compromised for the governor, but we could forget that this worship is for God, and as long as we still gave God what He deserves and we still gave Him what He's asking for, even if it crushed the tradition, then it's okay. And I think, I think to your point, that's where getting okay with that is difficult, but, but, but it's necessary. And I just pulled up Matthew 15 and Matthew 15 is where, you know, Jesus is having the same conversations with the Pharisees. And he says in 15, four, he said, um, uh, uh, no six, he said, so for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. He said, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. <laughs> In vain, listen to this, this is the part that really sticks with me. And I'm definitely not putting this on anyone I know, but I'm thinking about it internally. But he says, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And and the thing is, when I read this, I think about the Pharisees. So therefore, this text is very far from me. Mm-hmm. But in truth, if my tradition has started to dominate 
what really is acceptable to God or what he's really looking for at the base level of what he's looking for. Like you said, Daniel, every, I think I can think of three, almost four instances. It, I may be thinking of the same instance in a different gospel where someone had a question to Jesus, how can I have eternal life? Or, Hey, look at me. I've done everything. What else do I have to do? And the, the answer is pretty much the same. What are the commandments? The greatest mm-hmm. one, as you said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if that is the case, then it it has to trump uh, what is a tradition. Traditions are good because they they keep us kind of um, habitually moving in the, in in the same direction, so that we feel like we don't drift away. But Jesus is our anchor not our tradition. And so we won't drift away as long as we have Jesus as the anchor. The tradition itself could be anchoring us in the wrong place and we never even noticed it. So are you saying that our tradition of singing is a misplaced one? Uh, that's not what this episode is, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could turn it into that. You know, you know what I was, you know what I was thinking about this Sunday? Um, and it was, it just kind of struck me because I'd been talking to some people before services and kind of getting the temperature of the congregation and and seeing where people were kind of coming down on this whole, the, the governor's proclamation and all that stuff. And what I was thinking about wasn't singing. I was thinking about the Lord's Supper because during the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, um, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And I watched people stewing in their anger Hmm. or Hmm. in their... um, their sort of glee at getting away with something or their... um, their their outrage or whatever it was during the Lord's Supper. And I just thought, what are we doing right now? What are we doing? We're elevating ourselves so far above what we ought to be doing right now. Um, and I watched it happen over and over and over again. And it was heartbreaking to see because it's people who want to do what's right, who want yeah. to do they want to obey God. They want to serve him. I don't question that. I just like, I could see it in people's eyes. I could see it on their faces and in their posture that it was, it was a challenging Lord's day for me. Um, not because of this proclamation, but because of what I saw, um, among the congregations and what I saw, uh, among the saints gathered there, um, and so like, and and sometimes when tradition takes over, when we go on autopilot like that, uh, regardless of what it is that we might be doing, um, it's it's a dangerous thing to um, worship mindlessly. Mm-hmm. There's a quote, I can't remember who it is, but it's something about how, like... Um, Winston Churchill. 
it'd be nice if it was Winston Churchill, but it's something along the lines of we, we, we worship sitting on top of a keg of dynamite. When we, when we fail to recognize the power of God, think about Uzzah and the ark, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who went to steady the ark because he didn't want it to fall over. He didn't, he didn't want the, the holy vessel of God where the presence of God dwelt among men. That was his throne on earth. He didn't want that to touch the ground. And he reached out his hand to steady it on the cart and God struck him dead because of his irreverence, his mindlessness in what he did. And, you know, sometimes we do fail to recognize that um, we're dealing with the creator of the universe. We're coming before the one who holds it all in his hand. And um, we can be awfully cavalier with that sometimes for the sake of our tradition, right? Um, And so when something like this comes along, that challenges our tradition and makes us rethink what it means to engage in these acts of worship together, what it means to engage with one another as we approach our God. Um, It ought to be an opportunity for us to kind of recalibrate on what it is we're doing together, right? We ought to take full advantage of this to be more mindful in our in 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 the things we do together and not just get on that sort of uh tradition-based autopilot that sometimes that i've certainly been guilty of on sundays yep Um, but but rather to to be purposeful in our worship to be mindful in the ways we approach god through prayer through singing through scripture reading through the table the lord's supper um these are all avenues that we approach the ineffable. We approach the incredible, awesome power of God, and awesome in the sense that it fills us with awe, right? Um, I think this is a great opportunity to do that rather than to grumble as we gather around the table proclaiming his death until he comes. So true. That got sideways, didn't it? (laughs) No, that that was right. See, what you did, you you picked up what I refused to pick up that Jesse was trying. He was like, here, take this, take this, take this. (laughs) Take this, please. I think think Daniel did say some things there (laughs) that, uh, (laughs) that, 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 that could catch on fire, which is great. And throw me a comment. uh, Yeah, throw, throw him a comment. Daniel, Daniel.com. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what site that is. Daniel actually, at so. not very long for seeker.com. <laughs> Soon to be replaced. Formerly of seeker. Fired, fired. <laughs> yeah, and look, I think even on another episode, we should dig into like what is worship? When are we worshiping? What, what, what is Sunday? Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, yeah, and how, how then is it different? Um, yeah. And, and see, I think the thing is, the thing that makes us so uncomfortable is the same thing that made the Pharisees uncomfortable. I'm not going to go back to Matthew 15, but I think it's First uh, Corinthians. He's, he's, Paul's pointing out the an issue that was had as well. It's, it's 
It's the fact that we may have leaned on a particular belief or become comfortable where we are for a very long time doing a thing. Mm. And as much as we would say, it's not works-based. It's not works-based. Mm-hmm. When we look around and we, we really get alone and we think about the situation we're in and we get all frazzled, man, doesn't it look like doesn't it look like that we justified ourselves based on what we were doing? And that's where we should be super careful because that that's when, like you said, the traditions autopilot kind of make us say, as long as I did two songs of prayer and a song, then nothing else could possibly be wrong. Nothing. Yep. Yep. And it gets back to what Jesus did say. In vain they worship me. Their heart is far from me. But, but did you notice the text? He says, the people, they honor me with their lips. It's not that they're not honoring him. He said, they do. They honor me with mm-hmm. their lips. Mm-hmm. But their heart, far from me. And, and, and if we're not careful, we will have a disconnect between honor and our heart when they should be in tune, one and the same. But as Daniel said, that autopilot will make them separate. And we don't even notice. In vain they worship me. They still worship. But what we've begun to teach and proclaim isn't proclaiming the death until he comes again, but it's proclaiming the doctrine or proclaiming the the tradition that we worship. That's where it can get really dangerous. It's Jeremiah 7, isn't it? When he says, Jeremiah is standing in the temple right with the priests and the sacrifices and everybody there and he says do not trust in these deceptive words Hmm. this is the temple of the lord the temple of the lord Hmm. the temple of the lord why is that deceptive why what how are they deceiving themselves by pointing to the temple and saying look at what we've got because what do they do when they go away from the temple right they're deceiving themselves by thinking that what they've done is enough, that what they've done is sufficient. And now that they've ticked that temple box, they can go off and treat their neighbors despicably. They can go off and say awful things on whatever Jeremiah's version of social media was that at the time. They can go and shed innocent blood and oppress anybody they want to and support those who do. And they're fine because they've trusted in those deceptive words, this is the temple of the Lord. And if we don't see the warning there, if we don't take that to heart and understand that we could so very easily fall into that same trap, then there's nothing for it but judgment. But here's the thing, though. Nobody thinks that they're the ones spreading vile words on social media. You know what I mean? Like nobody thinks that, oh yeah, I'm I'm spreading, you know, malicious, you know, information or disrespectful information or not not loving my neighbor. No one seems to think that, even though other people reading their material would say, um, yeah, you don't really come across as a Christian right now. <laughs> you know, love love your neighbor as yourself. Like ah, it's just not oozing from you at the moment. And that's the danger. Because no one thinks that they're the one doing it. No one, you know, like no one points the finger at themselves. And um, that's why we need Jeremiah. Right. That's yeah. why we need Jesus telling us. Yeah. They honor me with their lips, 
but their hearts are far from me. That's why we need Paul talking about having the form of godliness. Is it Paul or Peter? But denying the power thereof. Um, yeah. like Peter. I mean, we say that that's we, why we need warning to s- after warning after warning about that false worship yeah. that does nobody any good and in fact is truly harmful to the soul. Yeah, if we were saying that we must sing and then someone were to ask you, hey, what was what was that third verse about that you sang about in that last song? Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, look. Let's just go ahead and do this, this version long then. Keep saying that, Jesse. Be, be, and, and by the way, it was 2 Timothy. We're all busted. It was 2 Timothy 3.5. Uh, <laughs> but what you just said, Jesse, is so powerful because if we're going to talk about the fact that we sure better be singing on Sunday or else we're going to, we're going to, we are going to, um, offend Jesus. Then the scriptures that we go to for the most part, uh, Ephesians five nineteen and Colossians three sixteen, they both are saying that we are supposed to be teaching and admonishing and encouraging one another with these songs that we sing. Right. And here's the thought, though. Isn't that loving your neighbor? I yeah. would argue that it oh, is. Yeah. Of course. I, absolutely. So well, now we got, you know, this is not an easy issue to resolve. You know what? Um, I think we can't do all of it in one night. I think we got to come back to this. I think so, too. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's come back later. It's good. This is a cliffhanger. Part one of multi-part. <laughs> we, okay, so, but what we should say is, everybody, please come back next week. And we should start, should we start in Ephesians 5.19? Where should we start back? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah we can start there. We should start Somebody there. And we to, should, that, that Somebody is needs to actually people. remember that. Yeah, that, that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in Jeremiah next week, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, cool. Okay, so yeah, stay tuned. We're going to finish off uh, the topic here. We're going to kind of drag this out here, another episode. So if you're finish interested... Off. We're going to flesh out a little more. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes, match yes, yes. But no, it's fascinating stuff. And I mean, worship is such an important, integral part of what we do in our lives. We want to make sure we're doing it right. I mean, like, otherwise we're throwing our lives away in vain worship, is like we just discussed here. So it's critical. So please come back next week. And we'll see if we can all get better at it. How about that? Amen. Cool. Amen.